Hello and welcome to the Crystal Core Radio Podcast. Brian and Chris here for Work to Game. Today, talking about Final Fantasy XIV crossovers and our big topic, should MMOs even exist on consoles at all? That's going to be what we're talking about today. Feel free to weigh in on the live show or in the video highlights and more of these various topics. Guys, this is, I think, very personal to us. We're obviously Final Fantasy XIV fans and players, and it runs on consoles. So I think if you've been following the channel for any period of time, I'll be interested to see if Chris has any other thoughts, but we have always heard these these viewpoints. But beyond that, we're also hearing people wanting other MMOs to run on consoles, WoW on consoles, the New World on consoles, Guild Wars on consoles. So we're going to be bringing that up in terms of like, what do we think it's going to take? What is needed ultimately for that? But before we dive into that, our first topic we want to open up with is a topic we actually had uh, wanting to discuss for a while is Final Fantasy XIV crossovers. There's a number of them we've already had in the world of Final Fantasy XIV. Uh, and being that we've had those, we also feel, I, I mean, at least me personally, it feels like we haven't had a, a big significant one, a new one, I would say probably a new one since uh, the Rathalos event, unless I'm misremembering anything, Chris, like am I, my, like I know we had a couple come back, like you, uh, the yeah, 15s come back. Um, I mean, from, we've, we've had Yokai twice, Garo's back right now. Um, the 11 one came back. Uh, so they've been they've been cycling back through. Mm -hmm. uh, obviously, Yorha and Rathalos made permanent additions to the game, so they just kind of chill. But we haven't had a true like sit down with the dev from the other game as the second half of the live letter, and like let's let's go collab with them in a big, meaningful, profound way. Um, in a while, in a while. Mm -hmm. uh, there's been questions as recently as the most recent Q&A asking about Kingdom Hearts. Uh, there's been questions about crossovers, but there has not been a crossover or an announcement of such. It's always just that continued, we're interested, and that's it. I think uh, Yoshi P talked about with like with like Kingdom Hearts, like the, the it would be expensive because the mouse has got to get there. They're cheap, like five dollars extra to your sub or something crazy. Like yeah. we would all have to pay more every month, probably for the rest of time. Yeah. to have a one-time crossover and for anybody who's thinking like Soro, isn't that uh isn't he final like square no like no. disney owns all own of those characters they own everything yeah they sure do they sure do speaking of you which, guys are just lucky they'll let you wear all the socks in the sock drawer they um, own some of everything any of us have ever looked at or thought of yeah the uh so i was Thank like this water disney i really appreciate you letting me drink it for pushing it through the pipes <laughs> oh, the dystopian disney future uh it, it disney amazon microsoft probably gonna be like <laughs> pick a faction apple right? google oh yeah i forgot about those two <laughs> so a fa the united five, nations of united, companies yeah yeah it's like they're gonna yeah it's gonna be nuts so outside of that, like when you brought up Yahora, I completely spaced on that because I, oh man, not to like sit here and like, like that's the, I think the weakest moment in, uh, in Shadowbringers for me was the, the raid, not the, not the, not the mechanics, the fights I thought were fun. Oh, a blast. But I was like, man, I just don't think that landed. And so for me, I don't know why, like, I don't even associate that as even as a crossover, but I said, uh, Rathalos and I was like, no, 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 you're right. Like that would be considered a crossover, a permanent fixture. So Rathlos, there's a we we saw obviously with uh, the uh, the PVP event uh, recently return, which was great because we haven't seen that in a while, and the speculation is that's going to dip out. And I don't mind if it if they dip it out 
if it does return. I just wish we had a little bit more like, yeah, it will return in two years or in... It you returns know. every time we get a new PvP mode or, or whatever. Something. And it comes for a year. Yeah, so I'm glad that they saw that. We saw that come back. But like in terms of like future like crossover events, uh, I mean, obviously 16 would be the most logical choice. Do you think? As the next one? Yeah. You're going to pick a game that hasn't come out as the next most logical. Yeah, when 15 was coming out, that's when the 15. Oh, can't we just shout out something happened. like Project Triangle Square or Octopath Traveler or something? Isn't something like oh, that dude. just as reasonable? Something else how, that they can make a phone call? How cool would it be if they did a, a collab with Triangle Square? Uh, when you push slash follow, you follow like right behind them. Well, no, well, like you could have minions and things like that, but you start to think about things that we haven't seen investment in. And you have the like the Vermi uh, uh, Verminion, right? Like the, uh, you have that, that mini game. How interesting would it be if they were like, yeah, let's go ahead and build this uh, strategy game. We're going to take that and, and use your minions, you know? If you beat all of Lords of Verminion, the last fight is delightful. It's a lot of work to get there. And mm -hmm. it can be beaten. There are a number of minions that can beat it alone. Uh, I did it with Lesser Panda, but the moment I say that, usually in, in chat, people sound off with a bunch of minions. And I just spammed Lesser Panda, so I won. I didn't win first try, but I did win like second or third. The minion that you get from beating the last Lords of Verminion PvE fight is one of the rarest minions in 14. Yeah. Not because it's hard, but because nobody is willing to play through 24 matches as Lords of Verminion. <laughs> oh, that's so it's funny. It's like 4% the, of players. 4%, just 4% yeah, out of the 27 I, million? Out of the 27 million. That's wild. Tactics Ogre, I think, would be... like. There's a lot of within Square Enix that would just I think makes it easy. Obviously, I think Kingdoms Hearts is off the table. Uh, that would be that'd be wild, you know. So I, I definitely do not think we'll ever see a Kingdoms Hearts crossover in 14. But things like Tactics Ogre, uh, Final Fantasy Tactics, we've already seen that similar, you know, with Evilise. So they're like there there are these these things and if it is like outside Tactics Ogre, which isn't Final Fantasy branded, so I wouldn't consider like you know the uh, you know the final fantasy tactics as a, as a technical crossover. Cause it's kind of all encompassing of this theme park of final fantasy nostalgia. Tactic ogre would be cool. Like that, that would be something pretty sweet. I think they're remaking that game, right? Zoila, like just sound off and chat. Cause I think that I'm, I'm, I've, I've heard they're actually doing something with the, uh, the tactics ogre series that got me excited. And then I immediately forgot. Uh, I see also chat weighing in with uh chrono trigger. We already have dragon quest. We already have a dragon quest crossover. Um, and I'd love to see them bring that back. What do you think? I, 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 Yokai Watch, when it came back, it got like upgraded as an event. So the other thing they could do is like, say, another Monster Hunter was coming out, they could come back and level that event up by like reinventing, especially with the ones that go away. So like, Yokai Watch came back and there was mm -hmm. like the original piece plus the new piece. Yeah. Um, it wasn't just a recycle uh, like the 15 event where it was just a relaunch of the exact same event. Um, so they could they could go ahead and bring some of those events back and kind of upgrade them or modernize them if that's appropriate for the for the franchise. Mm -hmm. um, yeah, I, I I think most likely a Square Enix title would be the next one. I would want like my two dream ones would be yeah. that they partner with breath of the wild too, or that they partner with world of Warcraft. Yeah. Doing a Nintendo crossover would be sweet. A, because there is a nostalgic history. Like when you think about final fantasy, at least for me, for the first part of it, it was all Nintendo. 
Um, and then we've already seen them do various different things with Nintendo where they're launching like Octopath Traveler and things like that. So if they were to bring in some Zelda into Final Fantasy, I would love to know, chat. Like, would you guys want to see that kind of that kind of crossover? And would you be in any kind of concern? Uh, you know, I mean, again, when we talk about it, it doesn't have to be so dramatic as like bringing the two worlds together. But imagine having like a link, you know, kind of glamour, right? Imagine having these kind of like, you know, various different things. Does that break the immersion of the game? Does that ultimately I'm a pig so <laughs> well i'm not sure i'm not your champion you're, on that but you're also what you represent one one uh one like how what percentage of the 27 million right like it's like you know <laughs> i regularly get into duties where behind me is a chicken and a hippo like <laughs> <laughs> a chicken pig and a hippo we like just an elephant or whatever it is yeah. like it's like what is happening yeah that would be wild the i think this is just for me, like in terms of it, like when we start to talk about kind of that nostalgia, obviously Square Enix IP is huge. I've seen people in chat sound, sound off with Xenogears. Like Xenogears is the, is the game that I just wish we could see remade, reborn. But there's some like these old JRPGs that just like based off of licensing, like the original Breath of, uh, uh, Breath of Fire is this like collaboration that it just seems to be locked in some kind of licensing hell. Uh, between various different people that it's like, oh man, I'd love to see a breath of like the, the ideal is like people have already named them. Chrono Trigger would be incredible to see. Um, then you start, start talking about like the classics. I see like, you know, uh, the, you know, the dragoon. Um, yeah. Legend of the dragoon. There we go. I was like, why, like, why am I thinking lagoon? And I was like, that doesn't make sense. Um, you know, so like some of these classic, uh, you know, Square Enix titles, would be, I think, would be the best way to go about it. But then if we were to start talking about, like, oh, man, I don't know if I'd like to see... Because then it's, like, the dream would be Mario. Like, if you're saying, like, I'm more of a Mario guy than a Zelda guy, but I think if they put, like, a Mario-esque stuff in in Final Fantasy XIV, I would have to say that's jumping the shark. Like, we've <laughs> we've literally gone, uh, you know, way too, too meta at that point. Like, oh, in the Mushroom Kingdom and, and what have you, like what like the lore implications when you start talking to uh to, to the lore guys it's like okay how do we how do we just like do we make any kind of like parallel connections uh, get get uh chris pratt as a part of the the mario trailer final fantasy 14 the ultimate crossover uh, <laughs> guardians of the galaxy what do you think i mean yeah as we start talking about like chris pratt and mario it starts to make you wonder what what would you want from like a live action representation of 14? So that becomes a totally different conversation. Yeah. Um, They're still working on the got, Netflix, right? Can the you Netflix imagine if a realm reborn, this, the, the source material was the basis of a TV show because a realm reborn, the video game didn't necessarily become like the best use of that source material. There's a lot of moments that I think could be done better with more resources, more time and more like hindsight. Mm -hmm. Um, yeah, there's already a crossover with 14 in uh, PSO2, and Yoshi P said that they weren't going to do that in Final Fantasy 14 because PSO2 wasn't global; it was just localized to Japan. But now that's no longer the case. So I'm I'm with Kippy here. I would love to see them actually collaborate with Fantasy Star. I think that would be really really cool. I could do some weird stuff with Glamour. That game takes Glamour. Don't worry. You think Vieira can't wear hats? They'll <laughs> let you put a mask on a character whose like nose sticks out of the mask. Like they do not care. 
you can put whatever you want on that whatever character. Whatever you want. Whatever you want. You're like, but it doesn't look good. That's fine. We did not check for conflicts. Just equip it. It's totally fine. Um, I don't know. Uh, Square Enix made the Guardian of the Galaxy game. Yeah, but that was the Montreal studio, which is the part that they sold off. No, that's, yeah, that's been purchased by Embracer. So they no longer have access to... That was, what, Deus Ex? Guardians of the Galaxy? There's a bunch of non-14 stuff. Yeah. All right, so to take the topic kind of to the next the next level, but focusing in it within Final Fantasy, I think I've seen a lot of people in chat, and I echo this, would love to see a deeper connection with other Final Fantasy games uh, as a part of the whole. Like, Endwalker, very heavily influenced by Final Fantasy IV, uh, and that story, especially even in the post-story you know, patches, uh, I've seen 9 and 10 brought up. I know you're a big 10 guy, and I know we've had some underwater stuff, but no Blitzball, like... Do you think that there could be still more influence that they could bring into the world of uh, of Final Fantasy 14 from 10? Or is there another also Final Fantasy that you feel like from a source material perspective, you'd like to see them draw down from? I mean, anytime we don't bring up Blitzball in this conversation is a mistake. So like, let's just get that all the way out of the way. Because mm -hmm. that question gets asked every nine to 12 months of Yoshi P. Um, and because we always get new players, we've had like six or seven people in chat this week that uh, were over on Twitch while we're streaming, um, come in and say they're just getting started in the game or think they're thinking about getting started in the game. By the time they leave, they're like, I'm, I'm installing now. And so like, we've, we've had a lot of new faces in here. That's been absolutely awesome. Um, sometime in the next six to nine months, those people, that's going to be the first time they've ever heard Blitzball could come to 14, uh, which will be exciting. And mm -hmm. then followed by disappointment. Uh, <laughs> the answer is no, the answer is, is no, but you know, outside of that, um, I really liked the way that Ishgar Restoration made Diadem its own thing. And I really like that, like, Deep Dungeon gets to be its own thing. Uh, Lords of Reminion gets to be its own thing. Like, I like when something can go just break the way that system works in the rest of the game. Mm -hmm. So I think that if you're going to bring something in from another Final Fantasy game, um, of course, we can continue making references to the bosses and the various lore and races and places and things like that. Um but I also just really like as we talk, start talking about like limited action type systems going into Criterion and all this, like I would love more references to the way all that stuff works. Like it still feels like a huge just baseline disservice that Phoenix Downs are not more useful unilaterally mm -hmm. across the game. Yeah. I, I completely agree. I would love to make them stackable at a minimum. And because especially with content like Deep Dungeon coming up, uh, you know, Phoenix Downs end up kind of having a, you know, it, but put a long cooldown on them. Like, you could make them so much more <laughs> inventory friendly. You get one. I had my one Phoenix Down in my inventory for two, I don't know, three or four years. I've, yeah. I've probably only used half a dozen of them in the whole time in the game because I always hold on to it because it's my one. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> uh, I would love to see more connections uh, brought in with nine. We have some stuff already with eight. We've got, you know, Gunbreaker very heavily influenced. I feel like eight by its core design. But personally speaking, I think nine and, and check and correct me if I'm like, if I'm just not remembering, but I don't feel like nine actually has a, a, a bigger influence, right? Like when we start talking about going to like, maybe assuming we're going to Maricidia, like Zoila feels like 10 would be a good fit for Maricidia. Nine could as well. Like you could kind of bring in the mist. You could kind of like do some various different things um, with that area. What do you, what do you think? 
if we spend more time in Ilsebard and we get a rebuilding in Ilsebard, we could bring in stuff tied to seven. Mm -hmm. You know, um, there could very much be like Mako reactor type type vibes uh, up in Ilsebard. Like, so yeah, I think as we start to look out at 7.0 mm -hmm. and the references it's going to make, I think there's a ton of options. Um, plus, it's amazing that Amazon Game Studios is is over there in the east in the new world. So uh... <laughs> how how crazy would that be? How insane would that be? Like we guys, y'all thought Sony was buying us. It's been Amazon the whole time. And we seeded uh... this idea like way back when we launched this game and the new world ends up being literal new world. Like, hey, welcome to Eternum. Like <laughs> how pissed would so many people be? Like we were in chat, like in Discord yesterday. I'm not going to call them out because, like, no judgment. You don't have to play New World if you don't want to. But the the, the, the statement was, I'll never play New World. Like, okay. <laughs> like, in my opinion, you're missing out. But it, that, that mindset all of a sudden is like, that would be, that would be, that would just, I would be tickled. I would be so, so uh, bemused by, by that aspect. <laughs> How sick would it be if uh, Amazon was the one who bought Square? Like everybody's thinking Sony or like Microsoft. And then meanwhile, it's like, you know, <laughs> I mean, the player in me would be bummed to see Yoshi P get a new boss of any kind. The Twitch streamer in me says if we had half the Twitch drops that New World have. did, we could have so many cooler glamours. We could have so many big cooler community events. Um, and Twitch drops, the way they've been handled by New World and by Guild Wars, are so much better than the like mixed feelings that we've had with some of the 14 events where there's been this really beautiful, amazing thing. They said, hey, everybody's loving the game. We're going to bring back a mount that was not even available in some regions. And we're going to, and all you have to do is support creators that you love and you get this mount. And then it just becomes this pain point. Yeah. And then we're going to let some players go off and get to play this game. And like for others, it just becomes this pain point. And so, like, the scalability of the Square Enix community team hasn't matched how rapidly the community has grown. And so what the community team does is amazing. And it's 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 a love letter to us and it's passionate. And anytime I've had the chance to interact with anybody that either works direct for the community team or works for any of the companies that they hire to help them put these events on, it has been nothing but a pleasant experience. I've been invited to all of them. And I assume everybody who was has also has the same feeling. The one advantage Amazon could do is Amazon seems to crush when it comes to like, we're ready to promote something and we want everybody to just have a good time. Like they also have really, really deep pockets. Yoshi P's talked about. Oh yeah. 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 I don't think about, he, wish, he wishes them. he had uh he wishes he had blizzards budget. And then all of a sudden it's right. like, I bet he would look in new world's budget and be like, I will man blizzards budgets. Nothing. Amazon's <laughs> like blizzards budget. Blizzards budget. My, my ATM doesn't even ask me for confirmation. If I, if I pull blizzards budget out. Yeah, exactly. Uh, no, that's, that's my that's my fast cash let's, withdrawal. Let, let's have some fun. Oh. Let's have some fun with chat because you know I'm not trying to make fun of you, but I love how over on Twitch, uh, lots of f Amazon. <laughs> like, you know, like I get it, right? Like I get it, and it's like same thing. Like you know, in some like I, I in terms of conversations I've seen, oh, I'd never use Amazon. I was like, you're talking to me on a service that's running on Amazon. 
not just even Twitch. Like we're like I was on a different platform and I was like, I, I, like I get Twitch. it. I get it. <laughs> go ahead. Go ahead. I like Twitch. Yeah. Don't get me wrong. Every 48 hours, I get pinged with some reason that Twitch has, is going to be in another lawsuit or is having to pull back from hurting some group of people. And that sucks. It does. And YouTubers love to make videos about like, what the hell's happening over on Twitch? And it's like, okay, because YouTube doesn't have any of these issues either. You have like, like, you have YouTubers that have like, assaulted people and like cars on fire and like there's there's crazy stuff happening anytime you get this many effectively independent contractors <laughs> getting paid by a big company um but behind the scenes like as a user twitch recommendations has been amazing the idea that i don't have to sort a directory from top to bottom and i can find people who this is somebody who people that watch the same people you watch like oh wow i watch five streamers people who watch those five streamers also watch this sixth streamer that's really great like that's just legitimately great and they rolled it out like a while ago and now it's the default when i go into a directory recommended is the default and if you want to know why a directory is like normally only five thousand people watch this game and there's fifty thousand people you have to manually sort by largest to try to find like Oh, there's a live letter going on. Mm -hmm. And so you have to you have to manually make that happen unless you already follow those really big channels. Um, I I think they're doing great. I think there have been some snafus like with the 7030 <laughs> stuff. It would have been nicer, in my oh, yeah. opinion, at, to say, hey, we can't do 7030 for these big top ones because it costs us too much. And we can't roll everybody to 7030 because of the cost of hosting. Mm -hmm. But what we can do is we can say we're going to do 7030 on everybody's first ten thousand dollars and all of these little like that all of the smaller creators us and smaller who are like i would love to have a new microphone yeah. that makes this wild difference oh yeah and and it and like ten thousand versus a hundred thousand like like tens of thousands of dollars makes no difference in the budget of critical role it just can't make a dent in what they put on that has to be you know, advertisers and Sponsors. community support yeah. and merchandising. Like it's just layer on layer of cash yeah. to make that many full-time salaries in a full production studio. And like, like it's what they do is incredible. And Twitch ad revenue and Twitch sub revenue on its own isn't going to get them there. The best way, like, like, you know, on this, on this subject, as my voice decides to fail me, excuse me. The, uh, the best way, like in my mind that, you know, like for those of y'all, like it's not necessarily always about the financial money. One of the best ways that like, if y'all are thinking about the sport is, is lurking on the stream. Like the higher that, that number in terms of concurrent goes, that opens up Chris to like more opportunities to bring on sponsors. And that ends up covering a lot of kind of that, that gap that, you know, we're just, cause yeah, Twitch isn't going to go to this 70, 30 for like the first 10, first 10 K, which would be a game changer. Uh, we're not even at, at that, those kind of numbers, but just note that for those of y'all here, like if you're on Twitch, sound off with Lurk, Lurk Force, like Mr. Kaboom just did. Uh, that is a huge, huge help. Same thing over here on YouTube, but YouTube, it seems it's so much less. That's where when people ask me where I enjoy streaming, like I stream for Work the Game on Fridays, and it's a lot of fun. Uh, it's kind of an event driven, 
but generally speaking, like if I was just going to be like, yeah, I'm just kind of going live for a little bit for a little whatever. I prefer the YouTube because it just, I'm not worried about the numbers, you know, like, cause Chris and I've had those kind of conversations. It's like, we know when it comes down to when, you know, people ask about what we make together, like the number in, in a way is, is like a, it, a lot of people put a lot of value in it where I don't like, where... yeah, we've been reached out to recently by some brands mm -hmm. that found us and some upcoming, like early access events to video games. And we hadn't had those in a while. Yeah. And that's because relative to everybody else, like the numbers have been really incredible. Um, and so it's giving us more opportunities. But like what's weird is that like on an individual day, sometimes, you know, Brian's doing some back end stuff and he goes, hey, did you see the numbers this week? And I'm like, no. Or the yeah. other way around, because like we don't we don't live and die by the like. I mean, I, I do pay my, my mortgage by those, but I don't, that's not our sole focus, but it is company sole focus. So when we talk about things like collabs, like, you know, to get back on kind of the main subject, mm -hmm. the, the, the crossover events, that has been one of the things is how does it get paid for? Mm -hmm. um, I think Yoshi P likes doing them. It's how does it get paid for? And I think like Monster Hunter timing it with a release mm -hmm. and um, that's what you know, I'd love to sense. see. And, and, and maybe crossovers don't have to just mean crossovers. Maybe this subject should have been broader and it should have been, what would we love to see from the next Twitch drop campaign mm. or the next fat rock chocobo campaign or the next, um, you know, these different things they've done. The veteran rewards stop at a certain point. At this point, it feels weird that they stop after like a year. Considering the game has been out so much longer than a year, it's yeah. not. It's not like we're like, oh, it's well, this should be nine years. And it's like, but no, it's but tricky like, though. We've seen we've months. seen the backlash actually happen in World of Warcraft, where they'll like, yeah, sub six months, and you're gonna get this this mount, and then it's like, oh, you, your next content drop is not even in six, like seven months and then around that same time you're going to be like sub for another six months for this mount and you end up having these big gaps and yoshi p originally like there was a kind of campaign that they did that with one specific mount um the kind of falcon little, mount. the falcon and i was like this is really cool i like that and then it never came back and i always was wondering i was like did they get some kind of negative feedback on that did they end up feeling like it added a little extra like but it was actually pretty easy to get it wasn't like sub for six months it was sub for a month and play or something like that and it was like okay cool like during this period and that's what they were talking about replacing the veteran rewards and then we never saw that ever come back again and so i honestly don't don't know what's going on um let's see here and then mac uh, says ah oh, crossovers can't wait for another alliance near raids i would i never want them to do that again with the with the with the raids with the alliance raid series like I, I I legitimately was just like, meh. You had to do 90 days of subscription anytime between July of 2017 and September of 2017. You had to obtain. So it was a pretty big ask. But then they've also brought it back through one of the uh, irregular Tombstone events. Oh, cool. Cool, cool, cool. The, um, and then Mac was saying, like, bothered by Twitch ads. Mac, you might want to check to see if you just got gifted the sub. I'm not so sure. Because Luke just dropping 10 gifted subs on the community. Thank you, guys. As an announcement, like, we're looking at uh, October the 30th. I think we're going to dress up in costumes. And we've got a massive collab uh, stream that if you guys missed the last one, uh, it is a, a ton of fun. Uh, and so we've got a lot of thank yous to roll out on the channel. So hopefully you're gonna check that out chris any any final topics i know we kind of just went into the kind of a little grab bag of little pieces at the uh at the end of that i don't but... really know where these have started and stopped what's up have we talked are we are we done talking about consoles or no we, we haven't started talking about consoles yet oh, we okay. just were we were just ch shooting the uh shooting the the yes the, yeah, i know the... people watch these on on youtube and they're like these are neat videos but um 
you know, like sometimes they feel kind of disjointed. And that's because we filmed these live Monday, Wednesday, Friday over on Twitch mm -hmm. sometime around like 730. Today started at eight. Um, and we may only do two topics next week because Brian's got some big schedule changes in his life. And we yeah. want to make sure we can get him on to his day. Um, and so, yeah, that's what these are. So, yeah, I'm, I'm good. I overall, like I think as we talk about this, like what makes mm -hmm. these things possible? I love the community events. I love that FanFest is coming back. Um, and I think crossover events are a really nice extension to that. Mm -hmm. The seasonal events as one final request, anybody that makes it this far, if you want to champion something, I don't like that the seasonal events die forever. I wish each time a seasonal event came back, we got a new quest it, and then you could still access bigger the and old bigger quest. And bigger. The idea that somebody picks up yeah. Final Fantasy this year and gets to do the Halloween event and they can't go do some of the previous Halloween events, um, come back through like an Unreal type system, yeah. uh, feels like a loss. Uh, obviously, we got to do it, but that feels like a loss to the community as a whole. Yeah, I, I, I agree. I, I would like to see, again, that FOMO anytime be especially in mmos be resisted there's going to be a natural fomo but i always kind of feel it's like artificial fomo because it's like okay so i agree it would be really cool to see them do that and then yeah maybe the rewards i don't know they, they move them into the cash shop because they need stuff for the cash shop but it is what it is the uh to answer this question before we take a, a twitch break uh it's going to be uh logan says Does anybody know what brian uses for an audio interface for my sm uh 7b and that's actually a go xlr so I have the Go XLR, which has the soundboards and stuff. So I can, um, it's great, especially when I do streaming, even though <laughs> I, I honestly, guys, if I can, if I, if I ever have the, the, like my, my financial situation is, is definitely improving. So thank you guys so much for that, uh, that help because I, I haven't, if you haven't known, like I started a new job on Monday, I'm going to go back into the, uh, into the working world. Like I'm, you know, so like, I'm not going to be an independent engineer anymore. I'm going to be working on a team, which is great. Uh, I'm actually kind of really excited about it. In fact, I like, I got, um, monitors. I got the work all stuff, uh, delivered. And last night I got some new desk monitor mounts. So I'm actually going to re be rearranging my, my setup here. Cause I have the big monitor. So I'm going to move things up and, and set like basically work on one side and, and I guess content creation on, on the left side. That's my thought right now. And, uh, and on that note, like <laughs> if I, if I ever get the, get the, uh, the, the money, I'm like, I just want to send Chris one of these mics and that board because it's so funny. Cause like this makes I didn't it realize that's the mic you had. Yeah. Yeah. Dude. It's so good. I didn't um, realize that's the mic you had. My yeah. wife asked me what mic I, what I would do as far as upgrading a stream setup. And I pulled that mic. That's the mic I pulled This up, is the best. Like, this is my favorite mic. She's, ever she's had. like, do you, are you, and I talked about it on stream the other day and I was like, but my mic still works and like financially. I'm not oh, at a point. That Julie I got this for my birthday. Julie got me for this That's my birthday. An incredible then, birthday gift. Oh, it was. I was so. She's such a supporter. The um and so, but the Go XLR, what it does, and, and here's the thing that I'm like, it's funny for me because I'm like, this is what I. Chris's mind will be blown when he has this ability because when we stream, either him or I, or when, when we do our community nights with you guys, like I have the ability that I can still hear you and I can mute y'all to, to to the world sometimes people want to come and play but they don't feel comfortable having their voice broadcast out on the internet so i have that level of flexibility i also if i was doing like a story driven quest i can actually mute y'all to me and to the stream and i can mute me to you so we can still be hanging out and it just within a board within just like with the simple button press it allows me to have that level of flexibility where like on Chris's current setup, it's like, you got to either press a button or you got to like do some kind of hotkey. This is like literally like, Oh, I'm going to mute chat 
And then it's like, oh, I, I'm fairly primitive. I use my num keys. I use my numpad for all my scene changes. And my number seven is what mutes me in OBS, but does not mute me to Brian. So during Brian's thing, I have to manually hard mute the mic. I'm, I'm, I'm really just flying by the seat of my pants. Mm -hmm. Well, and it's like, I think actually that's my old mic I gave you, uh, cause you're, you had a mic that died or something. It is. And I was like, here, here you go. So Chris has been, I've been like, you he know, got a new sound setup and like, it came with all this other stuff like cables and the, and the pop filter and like all this stuff. And then, um, and this, and the, I think the still the arm you're still using and, and things like that. Yeah. Um, but it came with a mic because yeah. that was it was one of those like Amazon deals or whatever that your, your wife's pretty good at like watching those deals. Oh, yeah. So then you just had this backup mic and you're like, oh, if I travel, then I won't have to take mine down. That'll be great. But then you like weren't traveling and needing your mic. And so then when my mic died, you're like, you can have the one it has um like the so it doesn't have the blue logo anymore. Like the logo broke. Yeah. So you just you just pick yeah. the one that has the proper logo. Like, oh, yeah. Okay. Yeah. Black Taco says, are you going to still do the stream on Fridays? The plan is based off of like, well, we'll figure it out like how my schedule is because well, that's why we've been testing out the morning shows. It's like, hey, you know, jump in, do the show. And then I go and then I go to work. Um, and as far as my Fridays, that's still on, on, on the plan. Um, it might start at 4.30 or it might start at 5 rather than what I've been starting it as at 4. But like if anybody knows me knows that I say four and it's probably going to be five anyway. Cause sometimes I'm like, Oh, kids need me or that, you know, like I always try to make sure I'm, um, you know, available. So yeah, that's, that's still the plan. I ideally what you'll end up seeing is, um, I, like I was telling Julie, like, well, I'll just change up my content approach. Like I'll probably, I won't talk about every little thing, but I'll talk about, you know, the things that I feel are the most you know interesting or we dropped to two topics the first week yeah, to make yeah. sure that we get you to work on time and all that and that we have a good feel for like is it a job that you know if it's one of those jobs that you tend to stay late and and people kind of drift in at nine and like maybe we can push the third topic and, and mm -hmm. slide you in right at nine but yeah, uh, we'll i see. think the first day for you to kind of take a break and go get coffee and stretch is better yeah yeah speaking of bear poking all right welcome in everyone today we're going to be talking about a subject that's come up in the community quite a little bit especially as it relates to final fantasy but beyond i've seen a lot of people calling for other mmorpgs to come to console like world of warcraft is a subject that's popping up more and more uh, namely because of the controller support uh the continued of evolution of controller support within world of warcraft if you guys haven't been following i know uh force gaming did a video talking about how more icons are being brought in they're adding in new targeting features from a controller perspective to uh to to make it easier to play on controller which like i think that's really good and the question is is will like wow maybe make its way to console will Guild Wars 2, now that it's on Steam, will New World make its way to console? A lot of people think that would be a really, really good thing. A lot of people think that MMOs are being held back by their console support. Uh, clearly, I think Final Fantasy XIV benefits greatly from having it on console. Uh, I think it benefits greatly from supporting controllers. Uh, but, you know, I'm obviously very, very biased. Uh, Chris, we've, we were kind of talking about this a little bit in the pre-show um, about, you know, specs, consoles, uh, and the like. Do you think that MMOs are benefiting more from consoles or are they having, are they struggling more because of consoles? What do you think? Yeah, we got talking a lot, a lot about it uh, on the pre-show now that we go live over on Twitch, Monday through Friday, 7.30 a.m. Um, that's been really great. And we, and we collab with Brian Monday, Wednesday, Friday of that. So, uh, you know, I think we're supposed to self-promo that more often. Um, the first thing I think you noted was two, that it is two different things. Controller support and console support are two different things. 
they get grouped in a lot. Um, but Final Fantasy 14 for a lot of years um, out of the gate and early on in our channel, I was a PlayStation 3 player when I started with a Bluetooth keyboard and mouse. Um, and Brian, the controller guide guy, um, is, is a PC player. Um, as a matter of fact, I play on consoles on Wednesday nights with my brothers and we play with some college friends and, and those college friends, brothers, and so it's just a whole bunch of guys, um, and Brian's wife and, uh, and Brian doesn't always make it. And I, I think a piece of that is that like, a, it's, you know, maybe it's the game we're playing isn't always it. And then he's a busy guy, but also like, I, I think it's easier to get you to join me on something that's on your PC. You want a controller, you want to put the keyboard down, mm -hmm. but I think you really enjoy your PC setup um, a great deal, uh, even though you and I do have consoles because there are experiences that are unique to that. Mm -hmm. um, but yeah. I think it's two different things. I think should a game be on console and should a game have controller support, they get grouped under the same thumbnail and the same title, but they are two different conversations. Yeah. Uh, In terms of controller support, it's it's a challenge right like we look at breaking it outside of uh, mmos like there's games that just feel better in terms of keyboard and mouse like uh i i think mmos personally feel better and you know on controller but like when you start talking about real-time strategy like they've tried a lot of and honestly i would continue to encourage them to try and support those on controller but in terms of that in terms of competitive or even in first person shooters there's always that argument like you know hey like this performs better or somebody who's skilled performs better in one import uh, import in, in input form or another and so yeah like i, I but I, I i believe in player choice and options for that so it's like i would always advocate that yeah like if you can make it work you know like yeah have it as an option because accessibility i think is important for a lot of players when we and then we have that i've seen those comments you know people who really enjoy the controller guides not because necessarily like they wouldn't choose keyboard and mouse if they had the option but some of them don't some of them literally physically do not have the option and controllers give them that that structure um so that's you're right like those are two completely like separate you know pieces of conversation obviously if it is on console controller supports is is kind of paired with that because it wasn't until recently that consoles actually also started supporting keyboard and mouse playstation right. 3 playstation 4 playstation literally leading the charge like for uh, keyboard and mouse support because i think microsoft for at least a little while was hung up on trying to dissociate themselves from a pc uh, at least in the 360 era uh, you know which would be kind of in line with the they had little keyboards era. you could like attach to your control controller back at the 360 they, days they still have them um, now i don't know if they make them anymore but yeah, but you could get those fantastic. on the 360, uh, and so you could respond to people, but then you like couldn't play with keyboard and mouse. Mm -hmm. um, which I, I think a lot of that was to protect Halo. I think a shooter is is a format that uh, the keyboard and mouse players just dominate controller, and then the ever you know when the controller player gets their one kill to every ten times they were killed, they're like, oh, it's the auto aim, it's the auto aim, the auto aim. Like, unless the auto aim is just going to play the game for me, like it's just, especially with guns that kick things like snipers and stuff like that. It, it just, the mouse is just an advantage. Now I have spent hundreds, if not thousands of hours with a controller. And so if I pick up a new shooter today, I prefer to play with controller, but like, that's just because that's where my practice is. Um, and so I think they had to differentiate there. Uh, if it's not going to be some like inherent advantage, uh, something like a turn-based MMORPG. Who cares? Who cares? Anything they want to do. They want to play with foot pedals. They want to play with a Wii controller. I, I don't care. Like, as long as they can clear the content, 
um, we're good. And, and I think when you have a two and a half second global, that's not a big deal. So yeah, control scheme seems like anything with a big enough studio to support it should support as many control schemes as possible. I don't think it's fair to ask an indie dev who's making their first game and they're just supporting keyboard and mouse. Like, well, how come you don't support these 16 different controller interfaces? I'm like, I just, I'm just excited to be able to publish the game. Like I don't, you know, like I don't think it's, so I, I do think as soon as there's resources, controller support should be there. And it's weird that games like World of Warcraft or more, or even more odd that games like Guild Wars, oh, yeah. where there, are, there is an inherent, like it's basically a 12 button game plus movement. Mm -hmm. Why is that not already on controller? Yeah. Steam support helps out a lot. So I play New World on controller. New World's another good example of a game that I think would be perfect if it had native controller support. Uh, but then you start talking about like, okay, when you're in the map, how does, you know, like you have to design that. And that's the one weakness of Steam's built-in support is that it doesn't have context awareness of pretty much the mode that you're in. And so it you can actually kind of program mode shifts but if you ever get out of sync from whatever mode the game thinks you're in to where the controller thinks you're in it can end up being and cause issues and so it, it ends up being something where it's like yeah like i really still think that native is guild wars 2 new world heck even wow to the point where as, as just an option for that uh, and then that makes the conversation of then then do they move those games to to console now Final Fantasy 14 is the, I think the best example, kind of almost in a way, like if you start to say like, who does it the best? Final Fantasy 14. I think that Yoshi P did not even patent their setup because he hopes that essentially like, wow, kind of defined a language in terms of interface and how people think about MMOs. It would be really cool to see Final Fantasy 14 define that kind of as like, oh, they, they're the ones who are kind of the leading the charge and everybody else is kind of learning from them and being able to adopt uh, those kind of inputs and so I would love to see like even like even if it wasn't you know like in an action game is a little bit different you know in terms of like because ESO supports controller but uh, for that of something like WoW or Guild Wars or uh, like yes that would be so so much beneficial and then the question is do then you then spend the time and effort on porting it and I don't think the I think a lot of people get hung up on specs when it comes to consoles and I think that's the, that's the incorrect direction i think it i think there's actually a bigger concern about console support that has nothing to do with specs but what do you think chris i mean i think when playstation introduces a new console all they do is talk about specs and so like we've been trained by the consoles that specs are king and that's the reason to upgrade consoles mm -hmm. um it's all about feature never about benefit it's all feature 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 and the closest to a benefit they get is third-party exclusives um, they don't talk about what they're doing to to make games possible now that like it's it's all about features and exclusives. And so, you know, that's been conditioned into us. We were trained to think that way. Um, typically, consoles fall above the minimum PC spec. So when I see people saying that consoles are holding the game back, they are, are most often a PC player that has been in a fortunate position um, these days. And that's not even just money to have also just didn't even been given the opportunity um, to acquire a a good pc um i run my streaming rig on an nvidia uh, 3080 uh and and it's amazing mm -hmm. there are a lot of people that don't have a, a graphics card that's that new and and one day mine will be that graphics card they're like oh my god you're on a 3080 that thing's ancient because i'm going to run this thing for a while um and so when we talk about like if they would drop ps4 support in final fantasy 14 the game would move forward um the minimum spec the minimum what they can expect from 
the PCs is oftentimes lower. Uh, it's oftentimes lower across the board. So I think that it's it's not the single biggest determinant in like what they do because mm -hmm. MMORPGs in particular, which is the games we most often talk about, are meant to be as widely appealing as possible. They are asking, okay, I have a hundred features I want to put in the game. How close can I, to a hundred can I get if this game runs on a microwave? Like that's <laughs> their goal. They want to invite the most people possible. And they're like, well, sir, get us down to 50. Okay. What if I get you up to a Samsung fridge? We could support 85. I think 85 is plenty. Let's roll with the Samsung fridge. Mm -hmm. Like, I think that's, that's the goal. And so when people are like, well, they should drop PS4 support, especially when, if anybody, if anybody's saying that, because they assume that PS4 players can just move to PS5. Like they can just go pick one up because A, they're not cheap. And B, you got there, you finally saved up that amount of money and you got to the store and they didn't have them. Um, like, I don't think that's a fair argument. So uh, I do think they should be on consoles. And I don't think consoles are what's holding this particular genre back. I think if you're talking about um, there are games that like the visuals are a bigger part of it. And then you have to ask like, well, how commercially viable is it to up the spec to the point where like, of course, consoles are, are not supported because also the minimum PC specs incredible. Mm -hmm. So when it comes down to that, like when it comes to the specs themselves, I think the thing that frustrates me is that it's not like you, you drop PS4 that the game immediately gets better. I think in terms of especially a multiplayer game and more, more and less than a subscription based game, um, volume is, is, is critical. Like the idea behind the rating team, right? Like usually what it is is like, oh, these, these fights, like, I don't even think it's a visual thing. I think visually, maybe you get a little bit, you know, a uh, little bit of boost, not having to have lower end PCs, but I think you cut off so many players that the finances just don't make sense. These games are built and, and grow and thrive off of more and more and more people playing them and i think that's that when it comes down to it it said i don't i just don't see how like outside of i think what would actually benefit mmos more than anything else is some of the latest technologies that have happened right it's not actually about how these devices play let's just sit here and say like the the spec argument in terms of like mmos specifically doesn't make sense cloud computing cloud uh you know like ai uh you know these kind of things and these kind of technologies i think will be what help differentiate MMOs over the next or, you know, here in around 10 years, when you start seeing these new modern MMOs kind of built with these kind of systems and ideas behind them and how you then play them and engage with them is going to be something that will be interesting. I think consoles should be supported, but if people were worried about that, let's say the switch, right? Let's say should final fantasy 14 come to switch immediately. A lot of people go no, because switch is the specs and, you're going to, you're going to have a, you're, it, 14 would have to sacrifice things for that. Counter argument is like, no, Switch runs games on the cloud and in an online only game, in an online only game already. Right. You have internet. Like, why not just right. have Somebody a, with a bad internet connection in Savage is not getting a clear. Right. So like, oh, but I have, right. but I have, but I have a, but I have a 3090. I have a 3090. Who cares? Your, your internet sucks. You lose internet connectivity. Right. Nothing. Matters. I had a really good computer. Like I, like this is one of the things that like, again, specs wise, I couldn't clear Titan back in the day, back in ARR. And I was like, man, what's going on? Well, it turns out there was a problem on my motherboard and my 
and my network connection was messing up. And I did not know this until I got into the Titan fight and I couldn't clear it. Um, and I, because I was like, wait a minute, I have really good internet in this house. And then I went and checked and then on my PC, the internet like was just like, it was messed up. And then I go check every other device in the house that's on the internet. It's like, no, this has got a clear connection, low emit, you know, low ping and et cetera. What's going on? It turns out I needed to get a part replaced and I did. And I was able to clear Titan. So it's like online has a, has a, has a massive impact. And that's where it's like, I think that MMOs, the, the more people you can get in, that is going to be better. And even if let's say that person, uh, yeah, clearly PS3 was a struggle, right? Like we, like that's where I think the argument comes in, but I think that discounts how much powerful, much more powerful the PS4 was compared to the three and so how dropped a bunch of PCs at the same time they dropped. PS3. Oh, PCs were like people were like PS3 is holding it back. They raised like, the spec across. They, they yeah. raised the PC spec. And when it passed PS3, PS3 they, got pushed out. Exactly. So it's like the PS, the PC was actually the lower spec machine than the PS3. Yeah. And it's right. like, and still today, the P the PC is still the lowered spec. Yeah, you used to be able to run this game on an unbaked potato. Now it has to be a baked potato plugged into an alarm clock. But so like it's it's come a long way. And our a draw distances way. and our textures and all that are better for it. Um, yeah. you really feel it in some of the up close cutscenes and some of the older stuff. Um But even then, you clear the final cutscene of Endwalker max spec. It's it's not in the ballpark of what's being done in some of these other games. Yeah. And then um, when it's it can, on the ballpark yeah. of what Ashes of Creation can show in an alpha. Like yeah. there, there are just prettier games than 14 from a graphic fidelity standpoint. How many how many pixels can they put on the screen and how many, um, you know, ways can they calculate light and reflections and textures and like. But I mean, I, I personally don't think MMORPGs as a genre graphics is the defining trait for me. Like, it's a cool thing, and, like, New World is beautiful. Mm -hmm. But, like, I like WoW, and WoW is super cartoony. If there was a Borderlands MMO tomorrow all cel-shaded, that'd be fine. That'd be fine. Like, I, it's not it's not a game type that I play for beauty to get lost in. It's cool that it has it, but that's a feature just like anything else. Um, I would rather it have a rewarding crafting system than better graphics if that's a weird board meeting that they're in. Mm -hmm. Like, whoa, whoa, we have a weird choice here to make. It's like, I would rather... Like MMOs for me are just like they're systems. They are yeah. they're systems, and I would rather the systems be balanced and well thought out and well supported um, than them have like some graphics and visual effects artists that are just dominating the industry. Yeah, I think it's at this point in MMOs when we start to talk about that um, and this topic itself is that I think MMOs that don't have a console strategy or at least a ability to stream to a console and steam you can count steam deck in in that kind of fold now as kind of what i would still say is a hybrid because you build it for pc it's a it's a pc it just happens to also be a console as opposed to something where it's like i need to publish through microsoft or sony which is what i think is actually kind of the biggest detriment and the biggest challenge with consoles is that yoshi p from an update perspective has to get that update to the console manufacturer so that it gets all get certified uh, and, and that it gets rolled out, uh, you know, on PlayStation. And the more that you add to that, that actually kind of slows down. That could have an impact on that, that process for making sure that updates go out on time to everybody. The other option is that you end up having kind of a console play space and a PC play space like ESO does. And my biggest complaint about ESO is that I can't at a minimum, like if you don't want to support cross play, which I think is a real critical component uh, to multiplayer games, especially now, 
if you don't want to support that feature, not having cross save is a detriment, I think, to you. The ability to take your character and play in the different sandboxes, I think, is an absolute must. But when I start looking at things like Blue Protocol and Ashes and Pantheon and, and the future, I think ultimately you're going to sit here and struggle because imagine if you and your team or your friends, somebody's on PlayStation, someone's on PC, someone's on, you know, whatever. If you are like, hey, let's go play this new MMO. And it's like, wait a minute, like I can't afford uh, a $3,000 machine or a $5,000 machine. Like, let's talk about that as just like a cost of gaming privilege as opposed to like my $500 console. You know, like, cool, I'm in. I can afford that. That I just plug into the TV. And that I just There's plug no into peripherals, the TV. really. But just... it's, it's, it's the same kind of thing. Like, if any, if any looter shooter wants to compete against Destiny 2, they have to have cross-play, cross-save baked in. Otherwise, guess what people are going to just do? They'll go back to playing Destiny after, like, trying it out for a week and realize, like, well, I, it's more fun playing with my friends. Like, it's more fun being able to play with the people that I, that I want to play with and not have to sit here and try to coordinate hardware no one's sitting here like, hey, Chris is like, Brian, you want to play this mobile game with me? Like, it's on iPhone. I, I actually have an iPhone, but it's like, oh, but I only have an Android. Well, I guess we can't play together. Like, that future is not a thing. It, like, that's just not going to be how it is. And so if they're not coming up with a, kind of a console cross-play, cross-save kind of strategy, I think those games are going to struggle right out the gate. I mean, cross-play, cross-save varies by genre what that means. And, and so, like, when I play Call of Duty, I don't want to play with PC players um it's not fun because the, inevitably there's going to be somebody that either is just incredible with a mouse and keyboard or is using an aimbot because i can just tell you that i literally like walked out past the doorway and got popped in the head six times in a row instantly didn't even see them and like that's just not fun um i don't mind having it as an option the only concern there is then if like it starts to be you have to wait 10 minutes for a match if you have it disabled then it's not an option anymore. So that's the only concern is there's like a slippery slope concern. But like, um, you know, I, when we go into like custom lobbies and stuff, we have some friends that play on PC and we've done crossplay because like, I know they're not like at that point, it's not a big deal because they're not, they're not using an aimbot. Uh, and so I, that's going to vary by genre, but in the MMORPG space, there absolutely should be crossplay cross save across the board. At a minimum cross-save, mm -hmm. the only exception is if they cannot police a platform the same way they do the others. If you have ever seen Diablo 3 on the Switch and you go look at, like, the top players, they have, like, 16 gems equipped to every single slot. And it's like, that. but how do you do that, Chris? You can't even equip that many gems. Yeah, that's a really good freaking question. Like, it's blatant. Um, and yeah. because, it'll, because it supports offline play, the moment... And it, Final Fantasy 14 supported offline play on the Switch. Mm, yeah. Then all of a sudden you're letting somebody take that off into their private dev environment and do whatever they want and then remerge it with everybody else's crap. Yeah, and we had so, that problem back in PSO days. PSO, uh, when it launched on consoles, had an offline mode and an online mode. People would take it offline, break it to all hell, and then go online. And it was just like, yep, that's a hacker. Right. You know, and you would you would know it because it's like, oh, they're curing me and I'm dying. <laughs> you know, it's like right. they they flip the sign baby and that's how they would people would try to pvp and things like that so no i'm with you 100 percent in that and that's where it's like back to your call of duty kind of you know complaint like for me like i'll play on console or pc and like it doesn't bother me like i'll do i'll do what i do but in terms of that that that's where it's like i'm saying like even if it's cross play does not make sense for uh competition terms 
cross save is so critical because the thing is that you should have the ability to do is like, oh, I want to play here today or I want to play here today. You're not having to start all over. You're not having to start fresh. And that's what a lot of, I think when you see games that don't have that kind of philosophy, it means that we're just going to migrate back to whoever does support that that comfort and that that design so like in terms of final fantasy like i do wish that it would come to xbox and we're still waiting phil says yoshi p like all the words say like they want this to happen but microsoft nothing in the way yeah nothing in the way microsoft hasn't cut either a big enough check or whatever ends up being they both want to see this ultimately happen who knows like microsoft says they want it nothing in the way final fantasy says nothing in the way and they want it sony hasn't said anything yeah Sony. So like, Very I don't quiet. know how to speculate about this, but like, I'd appreciate if Sony'd come out and say, "We have not stopped Final Fantasy XIV from going to any other platforms." Yeah, that doesn't. I'm saying right. that's what they're doing, but like, it'd be nice if they just kind of cleared the air, because I'm wondering where it is. Yeah. Um, so the last thing, the last piece of this is add-ons. So the last piece of this is the only thing that that consoles do is they do restrict the ability to modify the game, and so when you look at like the life that games have had that have allowed add-ons. You look at Minecraft, you look at um, Grand Theft Auto, you look at uh, any of the Bethesda product. Mods have extended the life of those games beyond their their amount of support that they can roll out. Then when you extend that to things like Guild Wars 2 and World of Warcraft, they have augmented that play. Everything from preferences and how to be advanced all the way down to like accessibility, um, and ability to do things like RP. And so like add-ons as a phrase, it usually gets linked to like DPS meters and things that help tell people to get out of the boss's bad stuff. But like add-ons as a category is enormous. Um, and Final Fantasy XIV's official stance is nothing that's an add-on. Um, and so how do you resolve World of Warcraft going over there? Now they've, they've added mm -hmm. native support to World of Warcraft today does about a billion things that More than it used uh, to, yeah. vanilla would have required as an add-on yeah and so they have they have gotten better and better and better and better at rolling that stuff in much to the bane of the add-on supporter of the add-on people who have learned to make a living at that and then their add-on just gets folded in native and it's like well see you later uh thanks so um there is this this kind of question of like yeah. how do you resolve the add-on community well essentially one of two things either i don't, I, I it's hard in terms of console because of the certification and things like that um i think essentially you either kind of go yoshi p's stance and saying we don't support it because but you start to learn from it right like you use it as a oh these are the features that pc clearly has when it comes down to it if you're saying that people aren't using add-ons at 14 then i'm gonna say you're ignorant because they are um and what it comes down to the policy of it is that i hope that yoshi p means what he means and he says we're going to go learn from what the add-ons are doing and we're going to see about incorporating that into the game in a supported way that's i think the best thing so in terms of wow same concept no it's it's just not going to be supported with add-ons on on console and what you're going to get is you're going to get a curated experience which is what a console is a console is that curated experience where we know that this is going to run. We know that this is the experience you're going to have. WoW is in a little bit more of a difficult or precocious kind of st you know, spot because they've kind of gotten, they kind of just leaned on the add-on community as opposed to like looking at what they did to incorporate it. Now, over the course of time now, they've adjusted some of that and brought it more in. But people would always say, it's like, you can't play WoW without add-ons. And then the devs would design fights 
with that oh yeah people are going to have add-ons for this fight now i think that's uh, that's being you know changed so i would say within the, the like wow space new like no add-ons aren't supported like this is going to be your cur curated experience and if there is an add-on out there on pc that would make the console experience better well then the devs need to get to work and then they need to come up with a plan on incorporating that to the game itself and one of the things that was very clear especially with my limited time in wow it's like yeah add-ons were cool i can oh i can do this i can do this i can do this but then the comedic comparison to 14 was like oh but it already had that it already had that functionality right from the go you know so that i was, mean go ahead i mentioned we were talking earlier right um yoshi p said he wishes he had the budget of blizzard uh mm -hmm. you know what also helps with that <clears throat> blizzard has gotten just to, to to avoid spending some of the money that Yoshi P spends or spend it differently, right? His QA team gets to look at feedback reports from the PTR, uh, which means that the number of testers is much larger. And then they get to look at direct feedback and mm -hmm. they get to see all these weird things as opposed to they would have to go out and create all those weird circumstances. Um, and so it's not that there's not a QA team on WoW. There is a QA team on WoW. But that QA team gets to function differently mm -hmm. um, because he has the community involved or, you know, the, Ian has the community involved in that process. Uh, and so it's the same with add-ons. It's not that WoW doesn't have a UI team. They, they do. It's not that they haven't continued to update what the game can do natively. They do. Yeah. But they get to also continue to support and develop a API. And when they look at rolling something in, when they look at adding um, new you new unit frames they get to say okay let's go out and let's sort by popularity let's sort by rating let's sort, let's go look at reviews and let's go check out the 27 most popular unit frame add-ons before we decide what to roll in and so it's a huge advantage budget wise to be able to borrow uh beg borrow and steal from the add-on community anytime they want to um, and they have yeah. restrictions around what add-ons can do, and they will ban certain add-ons and stuff. But it's it's a lot, um, and and you can play add-ons or you can play fourteen or uh, you can play WoW a lot more native now than you could. And when I see new players who are getting into WoW for their very first time, I know that's weird for any of us that have you know maybe ten or fifteen years with the game. Um, but when you see some of these, when I watch some streamers who it's their very first time, mm -hmm. it shocks me how natively they're playing. Um, because they're not being told to do add-ons. And so they just download the game. They're like, I don't know. I, I've always heard a lot about World of Warcraft. I'm going to give it a shot. It shocks me. And because they don't run into the pain points I did, once you cross over to add-ons, once you install like the curse launcher or whatever, it's not just one add-on. Like the moment you get used to that, the fact that you don't even have to reboot the game, you're like the moment you had a pain point, I just download another add-on, download another add-on. Um, but that initial threshold, there are a lot of people playing the game totally natively yeah. now. Even as gold commented on when jumping into 14, it was just nice because all of a sudden it's like, oh, yeah, he was trained up on, okay, I got to go do this, do this, do this, this to have this experience. And then it's like, well, it kind of has it already. And maybe there's some things that you want to do a little bit differently. And I would love to see Yoshi P crowdsource that because there is a massive amount of value in actually getting real data because like, I, you know, I don't know if y'all all feel the same way, but I do feel like actions are more valuable than than words and i feel like sometimes gaming gamers talk a big game um and so that's where it's like when it comes down to hardcore servers i've seen people i've advocated for this people in 14 that's like oh yeah you want that hardcore server like you want 14 to be harder like it'd be neat to see them kind of segmented off into its own little section and be like listen y'all asked for it here's the data here's here's 
here's the 10 people who actually said that it was not worth the money same thing with new world when we talk about like the pvp flag people want like an all pvp like with ashes like what ashes is trying to say that they're going to do i'm really excited i think there's gonna be a popularity thing but then ultimately when it settles down like i think when you look at the numbers it's like yeah clearly people like pve in terms of like a scale of 100 to 1 you know so oh can you bake, bake a game off that and, and and the answer is no you need volume and that's why consoles are also i think value uh dri driven to the mmo itself 14 i think uniquely benefits from that where in the case of world of warcraft where you kind of all of a sudden have that ability with cross play cross save i can and i think somebody's asked me like did i play on playstation i did until my playstation died and i would actually have my I if i get a ps5 i will have 14 on that that game i will i will put it there i'll have a i will have a license on that i will have the ability to kick back and play on the playstation and i think that's a i think that's a good thing i like i want that flexibility in my life um, it's on my ps4 yeah. because i used to gather on my vita <clears throat> yeah and so um beyond like playstation and that's why i also advocate for xbox like the more places that you can kick back and play because it's not always about the raid experience i know so many people put so much value in the raid experience but it's crap. Like it's, I'm glad you enjoy it. But when we talk about all the offerings that the 14 does, the, the people who put like that as the pinnacle piece of it, like, I think it's like, that's great for them, but it doesn't represent the whole. It's not that aspect. Like it's, it is not everybody's mountain that, it, that people want to climb. And that's where I kind of like, that's where I get frustrated. It's like, okay, yeah. Oh, you might have a better rating experience on your $6,000 machine. Well, no joke. Yeah, I have an ultra-wide monitor on my PC. I'm going to have a better RAID experience no matter what my graphics card is, right? Because I can see more. But it's not that is not the be-all, end-all of Final Fantasy or any game. But I see this in terms of this kind of like culture that it's like, it's all about the RAID. You got to get into the RAID. You got to do That's the RAID. That's true of any single piece of content in a theme park style game. Which no part? one thing is carrying oh, the load. Right, but the, the story is not carrying the load. Right. The only reason we have a hundred percent story completion across all players it's is because it's, it's mandatory. Yeah. The moment you actually just make it like Guild Wars, where it's like, hey, whenever you want to do the story, it's in this optional kind of. They have like a new game plus menu that that's just how it starts. Um, it's just default. You just only do the story when you're ready. Um. I think you would find that the clear percentage of the story would be a lot lower and they let you even pick by expansion. I think you'd find that like the percentage of a realm reborn and Stormblood completion would just be lower than Shadowbringers and Endwalker. Mm -hmm. um, it just would. And, and so like any one piece of final fantasy 14 is not so single handedly important that every single player has to enjoy it or get out. Right. They, it can take any combination of all these little mountains. Not all the mountains are the same size. And if that is what is worth $15 a month to them, that's great. They're welcome to be here. There's 27 million of us. I think we get it and it's like, yeah, but I asked seven of my friends. And it's yeah. so, so, you know, when we talk about consoles versus mm -hmm. PC, I don't think content type in an MMO is really the determinant factor because there should be no one content type that's driving this game not pvp not rating not story not crafting none of it it's it's literally like do you get enough value to justify your subscription right that's it well and that's what it should be but it's like even uh virtual <clears throat> talking in, uh in chat talking about destiny how it's all about the raid because that's where you get the better loot but it's also where you get the better loot in 14 and that's where i think the system in and of itself breaks down the counter argument that i hear which i don't agree with is that you don't need better loot if you're not doing the raid. And it's like, there's still the want to have, you know, like, can I get 
the best stats, you know, on my character because I, it does benefit me in other areas, right? When we start talking about criterion, when we start talking about just generally playing it, having that additional power and being locked, that additional power being locked away behind the what changes what in your life control. today if your item level what's your item level right now six ten it's uh, six like six, 11 12. 12 15 somewhere between that what changes if your item level is now 628 or 630 uh, you'd output more power and so like whenever in you're what? playing uh the dungeons and the criterion and in the open world so no matter what you do you're doing a little bit better that being locked away behind a raid is in my is flawed in my opinion and when games do that i just i can't get behind it there should always be avenues to get that that level because what does it hurt does it hurt the raiders that i get the same power level uh by going a different route no it does not does that you know so does that make sense i think having self-looped systems is fine the fact that island sanctuary has loot that you can only get from island sanctuary is fine uh, i disagree but anyway but i i think i think the fact that you know Palace of the Dead, when it first came out, had loot that was locked behind it. Eureka, when it came out, had loot that was locked behind it. I think to say that there's a reward, there's a unique kit, there's there's shared carrots, these things like tombstones, and then there's these unique carrots behind each system to chase. Um, I, I think that's totally fine. In terms and, of look, I can, raid, I can agree with and you. And Raid, like right. Raid specifically, um, people want that challenge, but they want the challenge that's tuned to them. And so week one, you go in with this really low item level. And then as you progress through the weeks, your item level rises, which allows raiders who are in groups that maybe make a little bit more mistakes or maybe have a little bit worse comp to progress through the fights a little bit cleaner each week as their total average item level increases. That's really important in games like World of Warcraft where there's a lot more than four fights mm -hmm. um, because you know, if you're working on fight eight and every week you're clearing the first seven, you're getting a lot of loot. And so your average item level is kind of slowly pumping up. Um, and so I think that's a perfectly valid way to do that. And if anything, I think that I would rather the game have more of those things. So like, why, why does Gil not have some sort of circular feedback loot where the more Gil you have, the more Gil you make? Why does you know, why is everything not, why is poetics something that caps at 2000? Why can't I spend poetics to increase my poetics cap to spend poetics to increase my poetics cap? Why is everything not more feedback looped where and then it, and then all of that so that I can buy a 10,000 poetics mount? Like, why is it, I want more isolated carrots, not less. Yeah, I can, I can get behind some of the like visual <laughs> aspects, but when it comes down to like the power aspects, like even back to your point with like deep dungeon, it's like now it doesn't matter because you're not using that weapon in terms of power, but in terms of power progression in and of itself, that I I think that it's when you make those isolated those isolated loops and those that content set to not have value over the long term, as opposed to like oh you can spread that out and so then whatever you end up doing, if you want to do the raids, that's the most efficient way. Meaning like you're gonna get it within eight weeks, but if you want to go do deep dungeon, you can go do that for the next you know 200 weeks and you can still like actually have that ability so you as a player get to choose how you want to spend your time as opposed to being told where to spend your time and that's what that's what that kind of culture it is and that that's a culture that i think i don't know if it came over from wow but that obviously wow kind of set the, the standard of the mold and many people have been trained up on that and for me thankfully i haven't been that's why i find it capping tomes is an hour and 15 minutes a week yeah and capping tomes does not get you the best power gear in the game I mean, it gets you freaking close. Right. But we're again, like I, I it, it doesn't seem I know it doesn't have to. I don't have to make sense to people. I'm not trying to convince people to change their mind. I'm just telling them how it is like, and why I find it to be a system that it's it, it is not something I enjoy 
in that regards. So it's that I enjoy systems where it's like you as a player get to choose whatever you want to do. And that's going to have varying different degrees of success. But ultimately, you're not being told that in order, like, if if the best root, uh, loot in Destiny is in the raid, yeah, that's, I don't, I that's, those are systems that I think are, are, are fundamentally flawed as opposed to like, okay, yeah, you can get the best loot. The raid is the most efficient way to get the best loot, but you can still get there over the course of your time investment. Does that make sense? You still get there in 14. We that's what so we have an eight month raid cycle. Yeah. And in that time, we have the patch that the raid was associated with. Mm -hmm. We have its half patch. Yeah. We have the alliance raid, which allows you to upgrade your dome gear. And then which you could also be upgrading through the hunt system, which requires you just follow a train of 150 people. Mm -hmm. And then we have its half patch. And now we are going to be getting these criterion dungeons, and we have no idea what yeah, they're going to do to the That's where curve. what that and would so, like, do would like, be really so cool to you, see. It already has the thing you have. You just Ish. don't get it as quickly as that. No, it does not. It has it has two pathways. Then the second pathway opens with time. That's I'm not I'm not knocking that being able to take tome gear and upgrade that is a system that i'm like that's great because you now have two pathways of getting to the item level that you want right um i'm hoping criterion ends up adding in a third pathway what i'm asking is is that why can't crafted gear also get there over time it doesn't have to happen right away like i said yeah, it doesn't need to be gear. the you can but you cannot upgrade crafted gear to the highest it's this it's still a step down it gets you to the raid Right. Why well, can't crafted gear also eventually get upgraded enough so that it does it that? Does no, it doesn't. Like when it's is an odd patch? It, it to... does. Crafted gear is going to be the same as the relic and as the uh, as the as, as the t upgraded tome gear. Crafted gear is always one step below. More melds, so it gets once again like it's, when you look at stat priority. It when you look get, at stat priority, right. savage gear is not the best in every slot. It is six ten. It will go to six twenty. The gear cap is six thirty. If I'm doing my math correctly, 630 is bigger than 620. My best in slot is not full Savage Gear, Brian. There are slots that I want the 620 in because of stat priority. Because they don't do a good job reflecting the way then materials why stat is that priority. Best in slot the, gear, because not the item level, yeah. because the item level, the little number in the top, the I level is an arbitrary rough power scale they put on it and is not actually representative of what it means to my class. Okay, so that's still, so actually that's still a, a 620 piece might be like a 631 for a warrior because of just how well stat allocated But it's it is. not. It's still a 620 piece. And this is a conversation. This is that's another deeper conversation about why can't materia actually increase the item level of the gear because that is what we're talking about. We're talking about that item level. Now, in terms of best of slot, Okay, great. I agree with you. In fact, we see that with crafted gear, right? Some of the crafted gear for crafting is actually better, even though it's lower power level. But we're talking about overall, why can't a crafted piece of gear for the battle side of it that, that will be upgraded to 620, why can't that also at some point down the road get to 630? Is there a reason? Does I mean, anybody have a reason? Other than... I think you just don't like vertical progression systems at that point because it's always a matter of time. Like you say, you like gearing up in the 6.5 patch. That's a, something that you regularly say because that's, it's the longest patch cycle. Yeah. So you feel you get the it's most the best bang investment, for your buck. Yeah. But at the beginning of the next expansion, they hand us 9,000 coffers worth of armor. So technically that all gets tossed in the trash during the expansion. You just get to throw the, the coffers onto your alts. But like a main who chose to say 6.5 is the patch I ignore, they would have all of their stuff just handed to them through the MSQ. Right. Um, and then when the up 
update rolls out, you can just use Poetics and and, and you're going to be yeah. yep. ready to rock yep. and roll. So being capped on Poetics going to the expansion is like the best thing you can do. Go through a couple quests. The first time you get to a dungeon, if you feel like you're undergeared, go spend your Poetics on Augmented for the slots that are lowest. Like you could ignore the 0.5 cycle and be just as successful as what you're saying. Um, so vertical progression systems sounds like it's your point of frustration. It's not Savage. It's the idea that gear expires and the idea that there is always oh, yeah. a need to I'm, climb I'm a to the top of the mountain. Yeah. And when I get there, either A, it's really steep at the top, but then it's all going to just get moved anyway. So I, I, I would, I would not... agree that horizontal is better than vertical, like nine times out of 10 for sure. But in terms of what I'm arguing is that, and I see Carrie saying who encouraged that people engage with the newest content. Like, I'm not saying that it can't be time gated. Like, that's what I'm saying. Like, right now when it comes down to it like especially when you start to look at the end it's like i'm talking about why can't there be more and more pathways uh to that theoretical item level cap you know what you know right now at 630 we know that's going to go up but we'll just keep with the 630 mindset imagine that being the highest item level that you could reach right now well that can't be done through tomes uh, and it, uh, it will be uh, through tomes in the next update outside unless you actually engage in the one piece of content that would reward you with those things. So, but ultimately in point uh, in the next update point three, then tome gear is going to be more easily actually brought into that, that level before then, you know, it goes up again, but why can't then even maybe with the tomes, like after hell, even eight weeks after point three and the point, you know, whatever, couldn't we see them continue to offer also offer that? I think it discourages like I'm getting is the whole reason. Time gating is the whole reason. We're, I'm not. I, I understand time gating. I'm saying pathways though. Like there's no time gating behind that. The the crafted gear cannot also then become that that additional to reach that same power cap that the tomes and the raid. And who knows with the criterion? Like all of a sudden we start. You know, you start having multiple pathways. It gives the player base more options and how they choose to engage with the content, rather than being told that this is the content. You know, whether you want to incentivize people to do the content or not. Like the, it's just, it is in what it is. And so like, I, I think I've, I, I hopefully have made my point clear. I don't, again, need okay. people to convert to my way of thought. I just, I look at that, I go, I think it's a missed opportunity. I think you can have both horizontal and vertical progression uh, within these games and actually have them function in, in, in a much more holistic way as opposed to like, yeah. And, and this is the you know, same kind of complaint with Destiny, same kind of complaint with uh, those kind of games. It's like, Okay, well, that's the thing, and that's the thing. Destiny WoW get a little weirder because loot doesn't all function identically. Right. In 14, it's a very flat system. Correct. Like, like there's only so many pieces, and they all are just reallocations of stats. You don't have anything that, like, fundamentally changes the way your class plays, fundamentally changes the behavior. You don't have anything that, like, gives me an extra fell cleave per inner release. There is nothing like that mm -hmm. that modifies the way I play. Um I don't know that, like, to use it in open world stuff, the difference between 620 and 630 is non-existent. Things like hunts, things like tribal dailies, it's non-existent. Um, and in dungeons, I'm already getting my Troya time with, I'm, I'm at 614 or something right now, so I'm not that much higher than you, because mm -hmm. um, I have no Savage Loot equipped. And my Troya time can already be down, like, with a with a wipe, I think our Troya time's down at, like, 14 minutes. Yeah. Um, and so we're already lightning fast considering I did one the other day with just a random duty finder group and it was like 26 minutes. So like already like player quality is the bigger determinant. Um, 
And the act of pentamelding and the act of crafting crafted gear is pretty lackluster. So saying like we should create the ability to like pentameld again eight weeks in. Um, I think I just don't think that sounds fun to me. So oh, that's fine. The um and <clears throat> is the difference between twenty and thirty significant? For some people it is. And it's again like would it make a difference to me? No, I like I again just being able to play and go and have that, you know, experience. Like for some people, not being able to get six thirty gear could be significant. It wouldn't be a problem. I don't I don't see how it would break the, the overall experience. But um again, like I said to each his own, not trying to convert y'all, but like that's something that I think would be really cool to see them take a take another pass at. And again, it can still time gating, I understand why it exists. It's we were talking about it earlier this week in terms of like a lot of people talking about like Oh, but it's not, you know, you, you'll still get to the end goal. And it's like, okay, we're all going to run a race and, and we're going to, and then we're going to limit ourselves to one mile a week of this race. And after eight weeks, we're going to send Chris back to the start of the race. And he's still limited to that one mile a week. He will never be caught up until eventually everybody kind of hits that wall. And that does not seem fair in terms of its design. And there's, you know, like people are welcome to discount that, but it's like, that's, that's the system in terms if of, I was caught up with, I think I should be able to run at one and a half miles per right. week until I get to my prog point. And then if you had to like, Oh, now you could do two miles per week. Like, it's like just ultimately, yeah. like, we're not talking about removing walls. We're just talking about like, wait a minute, you've done this. You know, it's like what, what's ultimately being, you know, hurt by that. And that's, that's essentially kind of the example that I think I gave a couple of people in the comments. It's like, okay, like, I, I, I say, I, I understand where you're coming from, but here's the reality. Like you, we are putting a physical limiter on you and you did that limit. And then we're asking you to do it again. And you're now forever behind the everybody else. And the other example you gave, I think was, was a really good one was imagine then if they could set a different item level requirement for healer, as opposed to everybody else. Like, Oh, we, we see that you switched to healer. You're now back in six ten Cause that's your new, that's your new starting point. And this kind of all is, you know, in my mind ties into the exactly what we're talking about here. But now all of a sudden it's like, yeah, we know you can do the fight. We know, we know you can clear it in six ten. but you know, there's that, there's still that kind of natural humanity when, when it comes to the gear number, like people put a lot of points into that, that gear score, as opposed to like, do they even have the skill to do it? Who knows? Like I, it's all just of this is made better by improving player skill. Yeah. We are not doing a good enough job telling people when they're appropriately using their mitigation. We are not doing a good enough job telling them how much avoidable damage they're taking. There are a lot of things that an after action PVP style report would fix here because a lot of the reasons people don't want to be healers this year based on the people who have told me they heal and they don't like it or people who say they would never heal because of this is that what we are asking of healers is to clean up mistakes that other people are making and not improving at but i have to wonder if the people making the mistakes are even aware of just how many mistakes they're making because we have made any form of mistake feedback documentation mm -hmm. against the terms of service <laughs> yeah <laughs> Oh my goodness, yes. So I know we've like wildly drifted subjects here, but yeah. like that's that's a whole other point of frustration that like we're sitting here arguing over 610, 610 versus 620 versus 630, but none of that matters if you are getting clipped by things and you are right. messing up your rotation and you are not using the utility tools provided to you. Mm-hmm. Yeah, if you, player skill is always going to be 
what in my mind should win out. I've made that argument even in terms of PvP gear scaling. You help know. me get better then. Yeah. Oh yeah. That's that's the biggest. I admittedly suck. I'm telling you to help me get better. Teach game. me. Teach me, please. Teach now uh, david says the problem with multiple pathways is that you have to actually be careful uh because if you make some pathways required like they've he's heard wow is and i That's agree but the from. pathway is required like if you want to get to that pathway like that is like it's not That's required that you do all these things but it's like in order to get the thing you have to do this one thing but in wow where you have to go do i have to do a to do B, to do C, like I actually, I definitely agree. I advocate against that all the time. That's where I get frustrated with Fantasy Star, like online too, the new Genesis is like, progression is heavily tied into, you gotta log in, you gotta go do these things, and you gotta do these things, and then we're gonna just kill your experience, and then you just gotta come back tomorrow and do it again. You know, it's like this dip in and dip, like that's where- Lost like, Ark does yeah. that too. Oh yeah, it frustrates um, me. Yeah, I, I... That's, I mean, that's where all of my pushback against this comes from, is that player power, people view player power like they do other systems. Like, why can't I just have access to all the cosmetics? Why can't I just have access to, but player power in particular, mm -hmm. you have to be very careful distributing it because the people who want to be powerful are only powerful relative to the people who are willing to put in the most time. Mm -hmm. And so the moment you go make power available from multiple sources to provide options, because it's always been added to games like World of Warcraft, as more options we're giving you more options but it's not more options it's more requirements mm -hmm. it's always more requirements and so like one of the beautiful parts of final fantasy 14 is that player power is such a small easy to understand simplified fine, yeah. mountain and you are guaranteed to climb up every eight months the most you can ever be behind somebody is eight months yeah, and so it and is, maybe, and, and maybe and, and along the way there's steps. Yeah, and maybe the option, maybe options don't make sense in a vertical progression system in that regard. So like maybe, and maybe that's just where, like, I'll never be satisfied because adding in options ends up adding in the thing that I don't like, like in Fantasy Star, where like they, I get irritated by that, uh, as opposed to like where a horizontal system makes sense because options are all leading you to the same same theoretical cap as opposed to like, well, if I got, I have to go do this, I got to do that. So that's, that's something I'm going to kind of have to chew on in terms of vertical. Cause like, again, it shouldn't come as a shock that I, I value horizontal, uh, much greater than I do a vertical kind of progression. That's how I actually play destiny. I always talk about when I, when I invest in destiny, I invest in the horizontal content and not the vertical. Cause every year in destiny, every expansion everybody gets brought up to the same level like it's like you don't have to do anything everything gets leveled up you can choose to invest in it pre-expansion but you, literally the next day the expansion goes live and everybody gets brought up so it's like yeah that's why i was like yeah i always spend my time on horizontal that's why i spend my time in 14 on horizontal like leveling up my characters my classes and things like that so it's like uh there's that clear uh bias that i that i bring uh a thousand to likes to get him to try a horizontal game guys we're going to get him to EVE Online. We're going to get him into Guild Wars. We're going to get him into these lateral games. Mm -hmm. I like those. I haven't actually played EVE. Maybe we'll do that. They have uh, a maximum depth, and then everything is just maximum depth over and over and over. Yeah. yeah I love Guild Wars 2, Papa. They have their own that, cons. That ties they have back their own to problems. If Guild Wars was on, like, they just brought it to Steam, and I was really hoping for crowd, like, 
I, I really want to see if I can get Guild Wars running on the Steam Deck. I know some people have got that uh, rocking and rolling. And now Guild Wars 2 is phenomenal. I, I, I love I love what it does. And it's such a weird game because when we come when we talk about it, I always talk about like, man, these games could really benefit from what Guild Wars has, has done. And it's like, why aren't you playing Guild Wars? It's like I, every time I play it, I'm always like, why don't I play this game more? And I think it really boils down to like, I got a, you know, I got the, the razor trackpad and I, I really try to commit into the, in the gameplay, but hands down 14 cross play, cross save and controller support went out every time you're like, Hey Brian, you want to play 14 tonight or Guild Wars tonight? Oh, I'll play 14. And it's usually based off of like those key aspects, as opposed to like my frustration around like vertical progression over horizontal, it's ease of access, ease of access, I think wins out over any system design in my mind i what do you think about that before as your final thought i mean now that i have a gaming pc and i do everything and i'm always a keyboard and mouse player um my bar for ease of access is very very low and so you know it, like yes i don't want to do something that requires a lot of weird work like you got to go install something and drag a bunch of config files and i don't want all that mm -hmm. but in this day and age where everything's done through a launcher and everything's handled for me um ease of access is something that will keep me out of a game but the number of games available to me that are easy to access the way I play games mm -hmm. um, is enormous. And, and they're all rolled into things like Game Pass and stuff. So like even money hasn't become the gate anymore. And it's not because I suddenly got more money. It's because gaming got really cheap. When you look at things like the mm -hmm. Steam sale and Game Pass, gaming is a very affordable hobby once your initial purchase is made. Uh, and so uh, across the board, that like yes ease of access but like i just have trouble picturing a future that's easier than now i'm looking forward to it um but i have trouble picturing it because i don't know what like if you ask me what would make my gaming experience easier today i don't really have a good answer for you <laughs> more time in the day can you make the days longer than 24 hours and i don't need extra sleep like i don't i i have trouble i have trouble thinking of it yeah you guys are saying eve's hard to get into i think you're focused on like knowing where eve goes as a brand new player that's a very different experience getting into like elite dangerous or eve his first 20 hours um you know mm -hmm. absolutely uh, now um guys i put in the uh twit uh, in the chat uh continue your day with us over on twitch if you uh if you can if you want to uh, also if you have amazon prime uh, whether it's us or whatnot, spend those Bezos bucks each month on somebody uh, who's putting out content that you enjoy. It's, you know, it's a free perk that you already have. and does literally cost you nothing. You've already spent the money on Amazon Prime anyway. Um, so you get that free perk every month over on, uh, on uh, Twitch. It stops the ads. If that's annoying, <laughs> I understand that. It also helps uh, get you emotes and special roles in Discord and so much more. So whether it's with work to game or with anybody, um, we, we do thank you guys for those, those Prime subs. Uh, but also the, uh, the, the thing we keep, we need more of is, uh, more lurkers over on Twitch. So if you can follow us over there, that's going to wrap us up for the show, guys. Thanks so much for tuning in. Hopefully you guys enjoy your rest of your day and weekend. We'll be back here next week with more MMOs, news discussions, and so much more until next time, guys, y'all have a great day and take care.